Welcome to Oaks Church, where we grow great lives and build big people. Thank you for checking out our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged by this life-changing message from Pastor Joel Scrivener. For more information, visit us online at oakschurch.com or follow us on social media at Oaks Church Texas. Well, this theme is perfect um, for the season, and, and I, love, I love this theme. There are, diff- there are different people that are, uh, have different personalities. I'm, I'm one of those personality types that's eternally young. Um, I, I have been told many times to act my age. I refuse uh, to do so. I believe if you're young on the inside, it'll help you look young on the outside. Um, and it's just one of those deals. I've always had that type of a personality, and not everybody has that. There are people that are just old souls, right? And, and that's just that's fine. That's normal uh, that people have different personality types and they have different outlooks on life. And not everybody can be a tigger. It would just be obnoxious, right? You got to have different personalities and all of that. But what's important for us to understand is that Jesus, when he talked about how to be great in the kingdom, he didn't talk about how to have faith like an old person. He didn't say have faith like the elderly. He he said if you want to be great in the kingdom, have faith like a child. There's something about childlike outlooks that are so powerful when it comes to faith. And the reality is that as we walk through life, the whole world and all of, our, all of our existence is at war with the childlike perspective that God desires for us to have when we look at the world, when we look at creation. It's so easy to get jaded. It's so easy to get worn down. It's so easy to get road rage when you're driving in Dallas traffic. It's hard to assume the best of certain people, right? It just is. And, and, and the longer we live, the more experiences we have, the more we look at different situations and go, mm-hmm, I've seen this before. I mean, when's the last time you literally said, wow, and it was a good thing? Yeah. Like step on the scale? <laughs> wow. <laughs> After Thanksgiving, look in the mirror? Wow. <laughs> I mean, wow is, a lot of times wow is not good. Wow can be sarcastic. Wow. Really? Wow. Right? But, but this childlike, wow, is what God is looking for in us. He's looking for this childlike, wow. He desires for us to have faith like a child. Watch this. This is Mark 10, 15. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. You hearing this? Old Jaded, skeptical perspectives do not get you to heaven. Do not get you into the kingdom. Kingdom can mean different things. It may not mean specifically just heaven. Kingdom means the authority of God. You want to walk in the authority of God, you won't walk in it as a skeptic. You won't walk in it with a jaded perspective. You'll only walk in the authority of God, the kingdom of God. You'll only see the wow of God if you can keep a childlike, innocent perspective, and it is the battle of your life. Because everything in the world, everything in life is coming to steal your wonder. Childlike faith is full of wonder, it's full of amazement, it's innocent. I remember a a specific moment growing up. I grew up white. Don't know if you noticed. 
Uh, I was in San Diego, California. I was about three or four years old. I don't know exactly the, the moment or, or the age, but I remember the first time that I saw a little black boy. And I, and, and I, I, was, I was in awe. I'd never, seen, I'd never seen a little black boy before. Every little kid in my playgroup was white. And, and I remember asking my mom, I said, Mommy, is he chocolate? I was amazed. Chocolate was way better than vanilla. I wanted to know everything. She's like, and she began to explain. Come on, a question like that is an innocent, wow, amazement perspective. And we live in a world that wants to turn something innocent and pure into something innately wrong and evil. God made our, dif- our differences and he made them beautiful. He made them wonderful. It's like Baskin Robbins, 31 flavors or whatever. It's good that we're different. It's good that we recognize and we appreciate and we celebrate difference. It would be so boring if we were all the same. But our culture is so stupid right now. I mean, I found out yesterday, my my daughter told me in public school, they are teaching that now when you address a group of Hispanic people, it's Latinx. Because Latino is full of male privilege. So Latinx is less offensive to stupid people that are offended at everything. For crying out loud, we're going to change whole languages and the tenses of languages because people are so uptight. They've lost their wonder. They're skeptical about everything and everyone. They don't trust anyone. Everyone has an agenda. Everyone's got an issue. Everyone's got something. We've lost wonder in our society and in our culture, and we're missing out on what it takes to be great in God. We've got to be people that hold on to wonder. We've got to be people that return to an innocent perspective. We've got to be people that assume the best. Well, what if they take advantage of me? What if? What if they strike me on the cheek? You turn the other cheek. What if they take me to court and they sue me for my shirt? Give them your coat too. Doesn't mean that you don't defend your life. It means you recognize the threat and you realize that it's just a slap. It's not a stab, it's a slap. You got another cheek. It's just a shirt, come on, how many, anybody need a shirt? I got enough shirts for everybody. It's a shirt, who cares, it's a shirt. We gotta recognize the threat, we gotta assume the best, and we gotta refuse to be easily offended because if you live in a place of offense, you'll never walk in wonder. People are way too serious. My favorite Christmas movie of all time is Elf. <laughs> the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Buddy, buddy Elf taught us that if we could just stay in a place of wonder. Come on, Santa can't fly without singing. Christmas spirit, according to this movie, is necessary for the sleigh to pick up and get off the ground. It's just a silly movie. But for us, if we want to see the power of God, we've got to live in a place of childlike faith 
and wonder and awe and innocent perspectives. We can't live in this place of jaded perspective any longer. This Christmas story, I'm going to read a beautiful passage that was penned by a prophet named Isaiah about 650 years B.C. It says this in Isaiah 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. The story of Jesus Christ is a story that's full of wonder. Jesus is full of wonder. He's wonderful. And he desires, God wants us to live our lives full of wonder. Full of awe. I mean, the story of Jesus prophesied by someone that would never meet him until Isaiah entered into heaven later would meet Jesus. 650 years ahead would describe all of the things that Jesus would go through to detail. And then Jesus would live out the story. The whole thing is full of wonder. The fact that the story of Jesus goes all the way back to the very first part of the Bible in the fall in the garden when, when Adam and Eve fell into sin and God prophesied then at the beginning of mankind that, uh, that the woman would bear a seed and that seed would crush the enemy's head. Jesus was prophesied from the very beginning. It's a story of wonder. It's a story that goes on centuries and millennium of, of, of twists and turns to bring us to the place where a virgin would get pregnant by the Spirit of God himself. It's full of awe. It's full of wonder. What is wonder? Wonder is the awareness and openness to the vast, limitless awesomeness of God that has no lids Boundaries or barriers in his love. Wonder is not the denial of evil or that bad happens. Wonder is the recognition that in the midst of evil and in the face of bad, God is still limitlessly good and ever-present with us. That's wonder. Wonder is not blind belief that everything will work, but that with God everything will work out for the good of those who love him. Wonder is openness and obedience to the challenges and potential of God's ever-increasing opportunity toward us who believe. Wonder. Are you open to wonder? Are you open to wonder? I want to read you a story. This will be our home-based story this week. This is the story of an angel named Gabriel that came to earth to deal with a couple of different families and to establish God's plan in the earth. He came first to a man named Zechariah that you may or may not know of, may or may not ever heard about, but he was one of the high priests in Israel, and he was on duty, and he was going in to light the incense inside of the holy place, inside of the temple, and the angel Gabriel from heaven, the messenger chief angel from heaven, comes and brings a message to Zechariah. This is found in Luke chapter 1, verse 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, Zechariah, standing at the right hand of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled 
and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and he will is never to take wine or other fermented drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's Born, He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. Uh, pardon me, I skipped ahead a second. There we go. Here we go. Uh, he will go on before the Lord in spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, watch, after all of this, after all of this beautiful description of this miraculous child that's going to be born, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. I'm, my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at an appointed time. No wonder. Because you can't accept this wonderful news, I'm going to shut you up until it's fulfilled. We don't know how long that was exactly. We know it's 40 weeks before a baby's born, but we don't know how long it took to make it. What we do know is Zechariah couldn't mess up the moment anymore by saying the wrong thing. <laughs> Might have happened sooner than later. I don't know. <laughs> oh. Father, will you take away my voice sometime? And I'm just joking. Just joking. Just joking. Oh, my God. Luke 1, 26. Look at the next part of the story. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth now, a different town, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will, be, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the son of the most high God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Watch Mary. How will this be, Mary asked the angel. Since I'm a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
So the Holy One will be born, but will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive in the sixth month, is in the sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I'm going to say that again. For no word from God will ever fail. I don't know what word you've held on to for so long. I don't know what word was spoken over you when you were a child. When I was a child, before I was born, a word was spoken spoken over me, and I'm living in it right now. No word spoken over you by God will fail. Let me tell you something else. No weapon formed against you will prosper. For the word of God will go forth and accomplish what he desires to accomplish in your personal life. No word of God will ever fail. Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. I want to talk to you for just a minute about signs versus wonders. Signs versus wonders. Scripture declares in Hebrews chapter 2 that God used signs, wonders, and miracles to prove that Jesus was the Messiah. Signs, wonders, and miracles. In this story, we see one man who asks for a sign... And one young lady who opens her heart to wonder and receives a miracle. Zechariah in his old age. When you look, if you just look at the black and white of it and you don't color it in a little bit, it looks pretty similar. Zechariah, he says, how can I be sure of this? Mary says, how can this be? They're pretty close. The difference wasn't so much what came out of the mouth. The difference what was inside of the heart. How can I be sure of this? Look, I, I, I've been around the block a few times. I don't, I'm not going to go and tell my wife, hey, guess what? We're 80 and you're about to get pregnant. How can I be sure of this? I, I'm not going through this. We, we've had ups and downs. We've had hopes deferred. We've had loss. We've had miscarriage. We've never had a baby. How can I be sure? Prove it to me. I need a sign. Jesus said it's a wicked and adulterous generation that's looking for a sign. And then he said, and this is the sign that I'll give to you. This is how good Jesus is. Even the wicked and adulterous, he'll still give a sign. It's not his first, it's, it's not his first course. It's not what he wants. But he'll give a sign to anyone. What he desires is children filled with wonder. He desires children filled with wonder. Jesus said to his disciples, you believe because you have seen, but blessed is he who believes and has never seen. Guys, that's us. We've got to move to the place. We believe in Jesus and we've never seen him. These, these disciples that we read about, they saw him, they walked with him, they ate with him, they experienced him in the flesh. We've never seen him, yet we believe. However, it works the same in every other part of our lives. We've got to move to the place where whether we see it or not in the natural realm, we believe it in our hearts and our spirits. Why? Because no word that God has spoken will ever fail. No word that God has spoken will ever fail. It shall come to pass at the proper time. God uses signs, but he prefers wonder. 
Zechariah represents religious ruts. Zechariah was a religious man. He was the high priest. He was a spiritual man. He had all the systems down. Zechariah represents a dangerous pit for Christians. They get so good at their religion that it becomes a system. Then it becomes mundane. The same prayers, the same rituals, the same practices, boring. It's not relationship, it's ritual. It's a dangerous place. That's why it's important to have a great youth group to stretch us a little bit. It's great to have a great kids ministry where kids are full of faith and they're praying for people and people are getting healed. Because children are praying, because children don't have decades of litigation against why it won't work. They just believe. They're full of wonder. Mary represents innocent inquisition. I don't understand. Will you help me understand? That's it. How can this be? I'm a virgin. I don't even know how to make one naturally yet. How's it going to work? Supernaturally. This is a story of wonder. It's a story that's amazing. My big question is this. Have you lost your wonder? The things that you've walked through, the pains in life, some of the suffering, have you lost your wonder? Have you come to a place of just having a spiritual life that's kind of meh, just eh? Because you're supposed to have the living God creator of the world alive inside of you. Not a dull moment ever. When the disciples said yes to Jesus, it was the riskiest moment of their life. Can I suggest that maybe some people are playing way too safe? Way too safe. If if your version of Christianity is following rules and checking boxes. It's not the original design. The original design was come follow me. I'm going to blow your mind. You look at some of the things that Jesus told his disciples to do. Hey, walk into that village. You're going to see a donkey. Just go take it. If they ask you, say, the Lord is in need of your donkey, they'll say, okay, try that at Walmart this afternoon. (laughs) You see a Lexus, the Lord is in need of your Lexus, give it a whirl. It was an adventure. Can't pay your taxes, go fishing. First, the first fish, pull it, open its mouth, gold coin, go pay our taxes. Risky story. Go, go out, don't take any money, don't take any change of clothes, go to all these villages. Go tell them the kingdom of heaven is near. And if they're sick, you heal them. Risky, scary. Can you, can you imagine being one of these 20 some odd old disciples walking going, man, I hope this works. This is crazy. Jesus has called you on an adventure. It's not a Sunday afternoon drive. 
It's an adventure. It's a roller coaster. It's up, it's down, it's side to side, it's wild. He's going to ask you to do things that make you uncomfortable. If God isn't making you uncomfortable, we might not be doing it right. Because he's not too concerned with our comfort. He's concerned with the product of our lives. And great things don't happen when you're comfortable. Great things happen when you get out of the boat. Jesus, tell me to come and I'll come, Peter says. Peter, Peter's the only one in that moment filled with wonder. He sees his Lord walking on water and, 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 and has this recollection of something that Jesus said, anything that I do, you'll do. Well, if you're walking on water, maybe I could walk on water. Tell me to come and I'll come, Jesus. Look, Peter put his foot in his mouth more than anybody else. But Peter was full of wonder. God's not expecting or asking you to be perfect. He's, act, he's asking you to be in awe of his perspective and his perfection. He's perfect for you. He's calling you to a place of wonder. There are a number of different things that you may need to do to wake up to wonder. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this one and I'll... And I'll and I'll explain it because it sounds, it sounds almost like, like an indictment initially. But I'm going to say repent and return to wonder. What does that mean? Repent is a word that can be taken with a negative connotation. It, you, to, in order to repent, you have to accept that you've done something wrong, that you have a wrong perspective, that you're looking at things the wrong way. See, you can repent and you've actually not done anything. You just see it from the wrong place. Because repent means return to the top place it, it means re, it means go back to the higher perspective see in life we can get stuck down here in the weeds and, and we can't see what God sees in our lives because we're down here in the weeds and repent means to go back like this okay okay I can see it now I'm coming back to this perspective see see some of you maybe you, you you've lost wonder because you've got a grudge You've lost wonder because you were wronged by someone, and it was real. I, I get that. You could be wronged by a parent. You could have been wronged by a pastor. You could have been wronged by a relative. You could have been wronged by a best friend. Some of you, it was betrayal that stole your wonder. Heartbreak stole your wonder. And if you don't repent... And come back to the place where you see as God sees. You'll never be able to step back into that place. Where you awake to the wonder of God. And all the flavor comes back into your life. All the excitement comes back into your relationship with God. Listen, you, you, you want to wake up wonder in your life? Start asking God to give you one person a day to go talk to about him. When's the last time you talked to a complete stranger? And asked him if you could pray with him. When's the last time you walked up on an island at Kmart and say, hey, I see something really special in you. Can I tell you what I see? When's the last time you asked someone what their life was like and if they were in a relationship with Jesus Christ? When's the last time that you were an evangelist? Some of you, maybe it was just this week. Others, it's been years. And this is part of the rut, guys. This is part of the rut. 
if you only surround yourself, Christians do this all the time. They become a Christian, they separate from all the bad influences, now all they have is their little bubble full of people that don't need Jesus. And they get confused and offended. When they see on the news that a pastor from New York is having a beer in a bar with Justin Bieber. How could they? How could he? Justin Bieber took his shirt off and danced with someone. And that pastor was right there watching. Yeah, and you'll never get Justin saved, but he might. Because if you won't go where they are, if you won't meet them where they are, if someone didn't meet Kanye where he was, listen, Kanye, five years ago, was a lunatic. And now Kanye has one of the most influential gospel albums in the world right now. Because someone went to where he was and loved him where he was, and he might just be a part of this end-time revival that we've all been praying for, but it doesn't come the way that we want it to because it doesn't look right, doesn't fit into our religious boxes. Zechariah recognizes he represents old wineskins, old ways of thinking, old ways of doing things. And if we can't get outside of the old ways and create a new place for God to do something new and different, we won't live in a place of wonder and we won't see the miraculous happen in our lives. Many years ago, I decided that anytime I would run across someone that was having a problem, they were talking about a problem, I, I, I would no longer say hey, I'll be praying for you. I'm done saying, I'll, I'll pray for you later. If there's a situation, I'm gonna pray for you now. Well, what if, what if they don't want it? That's on them. What if God doesn't do it? That's on God. But I'm gonna swing. So last week I was in Denver and I preached in my friend Adam's church and afterwards we went to the Bronco game because one of our Oaks Church members plays for the Broncos. And so I went and I was in his suite with his wife and some of the other NFL wives were up there and one of the people got hurt, one of the players on the field got hurt real bad. And his wife, and, and these people are not believers, in fact, they were kind of making jokes because they were in front of a pastor and they didn't know how to talk in front of a pastor. So they started like saying, oh, well, hallelujah, and, oh, and, and almost poking fun, and I'm fine with that. I'm used to that, um, you know, whatever. And, and so, so I said, hey, look, I said, don't change who you are around me. Be you. It doesn't bother me for you to be you. Whatever, however many letters you need in the words that you use, it's fine. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> Just be who you are. Well, well, about maybe 20 minutes later, I'm just being me and I'm hanging out with them and whatever. And all of a sudden, one of them's husbands got hurt real bad on the field. And that's when Pastor Joel steps in. Hey, can we pray right now? Because she's losing it. Next thing you know, I'm praying with someone that was making fun of me. Just 20 minutes earlier. And at the end of the prayer, they announce, and he stands up on the field and everyone's cheering and the whole deal. And she got to have a moment where God stepped into her trauma, stepped into her life. Come on, guys. It's about, it's about being in the moment. It's about being in the moment. And, and, and far too few, most people, oh, well, well, that's Joel. You're the pastor. And this is who you are. And this is what, no, 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 no. You're the minister of the Most High God. 
Your ministry can be and should be bigger than mine. You can reach people I'll never reach. You've got circles that I can never make it into. And if you don't step in and be that person full of wonder, full of the miracle power of God, waiting for a moment to pray with someone that might reject you, if he's going to do it, he's going to do it through you. And if you don't do it, you'll stand before him for it. See, I think the biggest thing, I think the biggest disappointment when we stand before God won't be the recollection of all the sins and the bad things that we did. It'll be all the opportunities that we didn't. Because we didn't, we didn't have the wonder. What could God do with you? What could he do with you? If you walked and lived in a place of wonder. <clears throat> Would you just pray with me right now? Maybe you need to repent. Maybe you need to forgive somebody. Maybe you need to repent for having a grudge against somebody. Heck, you might need to forgive me. I may have offended you. But if you want to walk in wonder, you've got to repent and return to the place of wonder. I'm going to see the goodness of God. I'm going to live my life with an optimism of how majestic and incredible God is, how powerful he is, that he, nothing is impossible for him. And that means nothing is impossible for me. If God is in me, then all things are possible. I'm going to live in a place of wonder. Would you just pray this with me? Would you say, Father, I'm sorry for the areas of my life where I've gotten jaded, where I've allowed negative perspectives and ruts to steer me off of the path, away from the wonder of God. I return today to a place of wonder, to a place of childlike faith, to a place of awe in your greatness, in your goodness. Fill me with your wonder. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.